Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. And welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Today's episode is on healthy menstrual cycles. To help me talk about this topic is Jen All. Jen All was on our most popular episode of Common Changes Most Children Experience During Puberty. So thank you so much for being back, Jen. Would you like to say hello to our audience? Yes. Hi. I'm so excited to be here, especially to talk about this topic. It's one of my faves. I think we need to talk about it more. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you again. Would you tell us a little bit more about your background? You're a school health educator, New York State Health Educator of the Year 2012. And then you have these additional trainings that you've completed to be a health educator, more individual. And then you have some training with healthy menstrual cycles. Yes, actually, my my additional certifications are in health coaching. The first one I have is through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So that was a general, you know, health coaching program and my, you know, dipping my toes into that whole world and learning also about functional nutrition, which is when we use diet and lifestyle to to fix root causes of any type of health problems, disease, in, instead of just focusing on symptoms. I also completed a women's health apprenticeship called Fix Your Period with Nicole Jardim, who has an excellent book out called Fix Your Period for anyone who is interested in learning more about this. Um, I recommend it for young women, mothers. And after that, I enrolled in the Integrative Women's Health Institute, specifically for women's health coaching. There's been a focus in hormones. So that was really my, my passion, my love. I think that using the signs from our body. That's such a beautiful thing. Instead of having this relationship that most people have where, you know, getting your period is this, oh, this yucky thing. It's going to be painful and uncomfortable and moody and we dread it. And I would really like to change our perspective on that because it's something that's completely normal and necessary. You'll be doing it for many years from about the age 12 to about age 50 going through this cycle And it's an amazing sign for health. So let's try and reframe the conversation and the perspective around that where we we can use these signs of our body to support our health and well-being, right? It's not just about this one time a month thing. So in a way to be friends with your period, to to be appreciative of a menstrual cycle. That's what I'm hearing you say. Can you tell us what is a healthy menstrual cycle? What does it look like? You had said to me when we spoke earlier that there's phases to that. Would you please let us know? Yeah. So the menstrual cycle is what it is, a cycle. It's something that happens over and over again. And there are four phases to the menstrual cycle. And I guess I should start by saying, since I know your listeners are trying to get educated and you know be able to help young women um, understand their body. So this is really about body literacy. Once we understand our body then we can, you know, we know what's happening and there's less fear and judgment around it. So body literacy is always 
uh, you know, what we're looking for as educators. The period is, you know, kind of, I guess we could say a slang term for the period of time when the uterine lining is exiting the body, right? So what does that mean, right? The whole reason why a female's body goes through these changes is because your body now can make a baby, right? So that's what this cycle is all about. It's about every month, four phases are happening and it's prepping the body to make a baby. So the first phase is the follicular phase. Okay, so the follicular phase of the cycle lasts about 7 to 21 days, could be a little bit longer. And this is like when new follicles are entering their final days in their race to ovulation. Uh, Developing follicles, they release an important hormone called estrogen, actually your best estrogen, estradiol. Estrogen is like your happy hormone. It makes you feel good, right? It boosts our mood. And it basically, it's stimulating the lining of the uterus, in preparation for a baby, right? So this, the egg cells in the, the follicles of your ovaries are getting ready, right? Your body thinks, hey, maybe a, a baby's gonna grow here. Again, that phase, that part of the phase is about seven to 21 days. It can be a little bit, a little bit longer or shorter depending on how old you are. In adults, the follicular phase tends to be a little bit shorter because they have more follicle stimulating hormone and Teens, younger people have lower FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, so they have a longer follicular phase. So that, that's why sometimes young people can have a little bit longer of an overall cycle. So back to the follicular phase. So that's what's happening. These follicles are building up, getting ready. Then we move into the ovulation. So one of those follicles that is built up has been swelling, getting this egg cell prepared. And during ovulation, ovulation is really a an event that's pretty short. It's about one day of the cycle, give or take, you know, a couple days, a day or two on either side of it. This is your most fertile time when the egg cell is out of the ovary. During ovulation, the, the follicle bursts or ruptures and lets the mature egg cell out. And it starts to travel towards this, the prepared lining of the uterus, right? Which was happening in the follicular phase. So that's ovulation. That's the shortest phase in your cycle, but actually ovulation is the main event because a really important thing that's happening when you ovulate, um, it's not just about making a baby, although that is, you know, from a biological standpoint, what's happening. After the mature egg cell comes out, the space that's left over is called the corpus luteum, right? So we move into the luteal phase. So the corpus luteum is a temporary endocrine gland that secretes this that makes this the hormone progesterone, which is super important. I mentioned estrogen before. It's like this yang hormone, this happy hormone. And progesterone is like the calming hormone. It's the yin to estrogen's yang, right? The only way that your body makes progesterone is when you ovulate. So even though we tend to think of ovulation as, you know, wanting to get pregnant, ovulation is important even if you're not trying to get pregnant. Some of the benefits of progesterone, it's important for mood, metabolism, healthy bones, you know, it reduces inflammation, it builds muscles, it promotes good sleep and protects against heart disease. So all this important stuff for supporting overall health and well-being, right? When you have a healthy menstrual cycle and you ovulate and your body makes this progesterone, you're getting all those health benefits. So as we move into the luteal phase, the progesterone is rising and then it start. then when it dips off, so the luteal phase is the longest phase of the cycle, which is about 
10 to 16 days on. And that stays steady. That shouldn't change. Where I said in the follicular phase, that could be a little bit longer or shorter depending on your age. Um, the luteal phase is always the same. It's the lifespan of that corpus luteum that's left over. So at the end of the luteal phase, the progesterone level, which has been rising, because if you've had a healthy menstrual cycle and you're ovulating, then it dips off. And that signals the lining of your uterus to be shed, right? If a pregnancy did not occur, which, you know, is going to happen most likely in most of your cycles, um, then the lining of your uterus is shed. And that is what we call the period or menstruation. So that's happening because a pregnancy did not occur. I guess it's worth noting that we say there's four phases of the menstrual cycle, but actually the menstruation part, when the bleeding phase is actually also part of the follicular phase as well. But because something so distinct is happening, it's usually said that there's four phases of the menstrual cycle. A healthy cycle has those four phases. Okay. So they are the follicular phase, the ovulation phase, the luteal phase, and the menstrual phase. Yeah. In which to remind our listeners that the reason that we have this menstrual cycle is for the release of an egg, that if someone is going to get pregnant, they need the release of that egg to meet with a sperm at some point in the reproductive system to start to combine and then to divide into all these other millions and millions of cells. So certainly, like Jen had said, when we're younger, we typically aren't having a child at that time, yet our body is still going through this practice of having a menstrual cycle and going through these phases. And it occurs approximately once every, like how many days, if you have a healthy menstrual cycle, what is the average for what this whole, these four phases are? That's a good question. So, and sometimes there's confusion, right? So the whole cycle, which includes all four of those phases is on average about 28 days, but that can, you know, there can be some variations in that. That's the average. And your period is the time when you're actually bleeding. So that, that phase of the cycle when someone is shedding their uterine lining. So sometimes people confuse period and cycle. Your whole cycle is all four phases. And a healthy cycle for teenagers can be anywhere from 21 to 45 days, whereas for adults, it can be 21 to 35 days. Okay. So, and again, the teens, it can be a little bit longer because they are, they have lower follicle stimulating hormone. So that can lengthen their follicular phase, but the luteal phase should always be, be the same, right? Because that's happening for a different reason. Now, if you'd like more information regarding these phases, Jen is going to supply for me and it'll be on my website. It's going to be a summary of these phases. What's the title of that worksheet? Phases of the menstrual cycle. I have a little handout that Excellent. summarizes the phases. Excellent. Some self-care. So I'll make sure I have a link for that on my website, as well as more information about Jen. So how do we support a healthy cycle? Supporting a healthy cycle is, which I, this is why I love this work so much, because all the things we teach as health educators to practice self-care to support overall health and well-being, it shows up in the menstrual cycle. It's like your monthly report card. So if something is up with your cycle, then that's your body saying, hey, uh, can you please pay a little bit more attention to me or I need something. And ways that you can 
support a healthy cycle is by managing stress, taking time for joy, maybe meditation, slowing down, tuning into what you need, diet, of course, eating nutritious foods, whole foods as much as possible, right? Because that's where the nutrients are that support everything in health exercise the way you're exercising. So exercise is great, but sometimes your body might be craving intense, high intense exercise. And sometimes it's craving something a little bit more slower, like yoga or walking, right? Or a day of rest. Sleep is really important. Having a regular bedtime, getting off the the devices, you know, an hour before bed because of that blue light. Those are some important things that someone can be focusing on that will not only support overall health and well-being, but the menstrual cycle, right? So this, actually, when we were talking before we started, I was mentioning that in December 2015, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, along with the American Academy of Pediatricians, they came out with a statement acknowledging that um, we should be using the menstrual cycle as a vital sign. Interesting fun fact for those of you who may be into this, In 2005, the Society for Menstrual Cycle Research actually co-sponsored a scientific forum called the Menstrual Cycle as a Vital Sign. So that was back in 2005. And yes, there is a Society for Menstrual Cycle Research. That's a thing. So I just want to acknowledge that they have been on top of that for a long time. And, you know, it looks like mainstream medicine is catching up, which is awesome. But we still have a long way to go to make this information well known. The four things overall that you listed for having a healthy cycle includes like the typical things we talk about that people think we do in the health class all the time about eating well, exercising, sleeping. And like you had said, our devices will emit a blue light that can actually not help us sleep. So make sure we have a break before we go to sleep. Yet the first thing you had said there was being aware of stress, like having that stress management, that self-management reminder for our listeners, stress is part of our life. We're going to have things that happen in our life because our first breath was stressful in which that's a positive. So it's more about how do we manage our life and have downtime. And I think when people hear about healthy habits, that's sometimes the last thing they talk about, but you said it first. Why would you say that first out of all these things? Probably my experience with the young people in the classroom. I know that stress, especially after this past year, people are running around very busy, not taking time to check in. We have schedules. We go to work. We go to school. We're moving from class to class. Stress is important. Our stress response. We do need that. We wouldn't want to live without it. But if we're just going through our day, checking off boxes, and we're not stopping to check in with ourselves, we have no idea why we're feeling uncomfortable. And I know a lot of people are feeling uncomfortable and it doesn't have to be that way, right? When we can slow down and check in, hey, what's working, what's not? You know, maybe we added some things on, right? We like this thing, we like this activity, this sport, you know, but as we grow and change, we have to prioritize, right? We can't do it all. (laughs) Although that is kind of what our culture expects of us. And that really is not supporting our health and well-being. So if we can stop, check in, hey, what does my body need? We have our answers. And that's the beautiful thing, too, to bring it back to the menstrual cycle. On this handout that I'm sharing with Lori here, you'll notice that I have the each phase of the menstrual cycle aligned with a season of 
the year, winter, spring, summer, and fall. When I teach about the menstrual cycles to young people, I really like to link that up because if we think about it, like right now we're in the spring, right? We were coming off the winter, which we were, our energy levels were low, it's dark, we're tired, we're lower energy. And now we're moving into the spring, more energy, more daylight, longer hours as it picks up. And then we're moving into the end of spring and, and into summer, right? Our, we have really high energy levels. We want to be social. We feel good. We're confident. And then as we move into the luteal phase, right, or the, the fall, I should say, I'm linking it in my head before saying it, uh, the luteal phase is like the fall. We're in the beginning of the fall, beginning of the school year, where, you know, we're still spending time outside, getting a little chilly, right? But, you know, we're still energetic. And then as we move into the second half, right before the holidays, we're really getting that slow down before winter. So men- the menstrual phase is like winter. The follicular phase is like spring. Ovulation is like summer. And the luteal phase is like fall. So that's something important when we're talking about paying attention to your body. It's not just the physical symptoms and things that are happening, but your emotions. You may notice that your energy levels, your emotions are going to change. And that's normal. It's okay. So instead of working against those things and why am I in a bad mood or why don't I want to spend time with my a group of friends? I want to spend some time alone. I want, you know, exercise that's a little less intense right now or more intense. Pay attention to that. The more you can pay attention and honor those signs, physical or emotional, that will also help have a healthy menstrual cycle, support every other area of health. It's it's all the same. It's all connected. Those of us in the health education field, if you look at school health and the national standards, one of our standards does deal with this. It's self-management. And what I'm hearing you say, Jen, is take a breath. Check in with yourself. What is it that your body actually is asking for right now? Do I go slower? Do I go faster? Do I have some reflection time? Certainly, self-management practices, breathing exercises, mindfulness exercises, which I have another person on an episode, Ellie Mark, who talks about these things also, how important it is. So thanks for reminding us of that. Now, I want to go in another direction, and this gets a little debatable. So I will do a reminder for our listeners of, would you please talk to your medical professionals about these things and also take a breath to see what your body really wants? There seems to be more younger women being put on birth control pills or other contraceptives to manage their menstrual cycle. How does that work with what you're saying about these phases? That's a great question. I love that you asked that or bring that up because there are so many young people being put on the pill, hormonal birth control methods to regulate the period. So if someone's experiencing period problems, like a heavy period, absent periods, long cycles, painful periods, skipped periods, acne, they're being prescribed hormonal birth control as a way to treat that. Your menstrual cycle is a sign. It's, it's saying, hey, something's up here. Pay attention. And we go back to what we mentioned before, stress, diet, exercise, sleep. If you can make some changes there, that would be a way to address that, right? Because the pill does not fix the underlying cause. The pill is kind of masking those symptoms. It's like a Band-Aid. We're not addressing what's really going on. I will say that the two main things that are going to 
cause period problems, let's say, for young people especially, is sugar and stress. We're talking about added sugars in candy, cakes, cookies, crackers, things like that, not naturally occurring sugars in fruit, but sugar and stress, two great ways that a young person or a person of any age can address their period problems. What I will say is that if someone is going to try and use lifestyle to fix their period problems, which I recommend it can be done, and just self-care is important anyway, to give it some time. So when I mentioned about the follicular phase, that the follicles that are preparing to be ovulated each cycle, even though the follicular phase is only a, a few days long before ovulation happens, those follicles have actually started maturing a hundred days ago. So it, for an egg cell to fully mature, it takes about a hundred days. So whatever a person is ovulating in their present cycle, they have to think about, well, what was I doing about three cycles ago, right? How was okay. my stress? Was what, what was my diet like? Was I sick? There's lots of things that can throw off your period. So if your period problems are showing up, take it as a vital sign, pay attention. What can you shift? What can you change? If this is a great opportunity to practice self-care and to understand how important healthy lifestyle behaviors are. Be patient. Give it, I would say, about three cycles if you're implementing some changes. Because going on the pill, I'll say real quick, I mean, this could be a whole different conversation, but I mentioned that ovulation is the main event. It's the star of this show, so to speak. Even though it's only one day, it's super quick. Ovulation is really important, even if you're not trying to make a baby, as most young people are not, because that's the only way your body makes progesterone, which again, I'll repeat, is important for mood, metabolism, bones, reduces inflammation, it builds muscles, it helps with your sleep, it prevents heart disease. So the only way you make progesterone is through ovulation. When someone is on hormonal birth control, the way hormonal birth control works is it prevents ovulation. You are not ovulating when you are taking hormonal birth control. If you're not ovulating, you're not making progesterone. All those benefits of progesterone that I just mentioned, you are not getting. So that is linked to other health issues, not just in the short term, but the long term. It's kind of like money in the bank. Every time you have a healthy cycle and you, you have an ovulatory cycle, yes, that is safeguarding your health, not just short term, but long term for years later. Having a baby might not be something you're thinking about as a young person right now, but it might be something you want to do later on. So healthy habits, healthy behaviors, using this as an opportunity to tune in and pay attention to taking care of your health. It's, it's important. So to think of three months as a smart time to consider, okay, what happened three months ago? Why is my cycle experiencing this now? To be reflective over a three-month period, take some time, again, reflect, yet. We live in a quick fix society. I mean, you can put on the TV and if you have maybe a news program, you'll get a lot of information and at times it can be very scary, very negative. And then there'll be a commercial of feeling depressed, take this pill. Mm -hmm. So how can we support young people to actually take a step back and not just want a quick fix? That's, yeah, that's a good, important question. And, you know, not easy because sometimes with young people, they have their own thoughts about what they want to do. The best thing I think we can do is educate. So learning this information, 
and sharing it with them, helping them to understand their body. Again, it's about body literacy and it's about making informed decisions. It makes sense, right? If you're having uncomfortable symptoms and no one's telling you about the effects of progesterone and how important that is and, and oh, that how important your diet is and managing your stress is in relation to all of this. Well, if we're not sharing that, then yeah, it makes sense. Well, of course, give me the pill, right? So I can fix this thing. But that information is shifting. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, them, you know, coming out and acknowledging that, yeah, this is a menstrual sign, right? So that was just this past 2015, December, 2015. So it's pretty new in mainstream information, which, and is it mainstream? I mean, I came across this in my studies because I have been deep diving into it. So that's why I make this my work because I want to share it with moms, you know, with young people, because I think, I don't think we give our young people enough credit. I mean, if they knew this information, let them use that to make informed decisions. Let's trust them that they, you know, they do want to take care of their health. You don't know what you don't know by sharing information, by educating and modeling healthy behavior, not forcing it on them saying, this is what you have to do. We all know how that works. And if I would say if a parent, you know, maybe you're learning this information for the first time too. I know I certainly, until I started studying this, you know, really deeply 10 years ago, there was lots that I didn't know either. And gosh, I wish I would have known back then. I would, I happen to have always been into health education and doing, you know, wanting to know more. Not everyone is. But even when I was trying to know more, this information wasn't coming up. So now we could really make a difference by spreading this information. And, well, let's let's change our diet together. Well, let's try a meditation. Let's try a yoga class and see how it works. And think of it as an experiment. Don't take my word for it saying that this is, you know, doing these things can change your menstrual cycle. Try it, right? Pick one thing. Change your diet. Add some dark leafy greens this meditation or breathing technique, just give it a try and be patient. Is this one of the services that you provide for your clients regarding like how to have a healthy menstrual cycle and you help guide them? Okay. Try this, try that. Yeah. So in my work as a health coach, I love working with young women and for them to understand these phases and how they can use diet and lifestyle to heal right, then it becomes something that's sustainable. It's not this quick fix type thing. And I mean, we're talking about having period problems, but you'd be surprised what else is going to heal and feel great as well. So that is something I do working one-on-one with people. But I also, you know, as a health educator, I, I present a lot of professional developments and webinars. Well, now that we're in Zoom times, so I can certainly present to young people and their, their mothers, their caretakers, giving some information about these four phases and self-care that you can practice at each phase. I'm going to ask you another question in which I want to think like some people that I know that would ask these questions. My attempt here is not to say I agree or disagree. I want you to think about what we're talking about here. And to me, I think that's one of the, the biggest things in the health class. Some, some of my students get very frustrated that I want them to think because mm-hmm. our job is not to definitely say you have to do this. It's no, you have to make the best decisions for your own health and you need to take a pause and think. One of the questions I can anticipate somebody asking is, well, you know, if I take one of these contraceptives, it's convenient. It regulates my cycle. 
And, you know, I've been told that I can even miss a period here or there if I go continuously on a product in which it's more convenient. I won't have a actual lining coming out for a couple of days. What are your thoughts to that, Jen? Well, yeah, you hear that a lot, right? You don't need a period. And that's true. You don't need a period. But what you do need is hormones. <laughs> and the only way you make hormones is if you have a healthy menstrual cycle and you're ovulating, an ovulatory cycle. And that's something, again, that is not happening on hormonal birth control. And just as I'm asking someone to tune into their body and pay attention what's happening at each phase with their cycle, I hear what you're saying. The, the hormonal birth control has been around for a long time and it's been promoted for a way to regulate and, and fix the menstrual cycle, but that's not really what it's doing. You're not ovulating, therefore you're not making progesterone. So there will be side effects. There are side effects of hormonal birth control. So if you're paying attention to that, you know, so you have to make a decision. Yes, make an informed decision. If it's just about birth control, right? Like, so I get it, right? At some point, people are going to make a decision to become sexually active. And what do I do about birth control? Sure, hormonal birth control is an option, but there are other non-hormonal choices. And as far as fixing the period goes, if this seems like the quick fix, like I said, there, there are side effects to hormonal birth control. And without making progesterone, which is super important. I mean, I can't say that enough. That's, I think that's the one thing that we didn't know that now, you know, we do know and everyone should know it. So if you're not making progesterone, you're, you're not supporting your health and well-being now and in the future. Pay attention. So if someone is, you know, if you feel like that's your choice to go on the pill, please make sure you, of course, speak with your healthcare provider, do your research, look into it. What can some of the uh, side effects be, but I also want people to know because for a long time, hormonal birth control has been pushed to as, as a solution. But again, now with all this beautiful, amazing research that all of these professionals are doing over the years, we know diet, lifestyle, managing stress, exercising, getting good sleep, right? Taking care of your health and well-being. This is how you can also heal your menstrual cycle. Now that we have that, it's like, okay, it's our only answer is not hormonal birth control. So I hope that if someone is going to make a decision, you know, when it comes to fixing their period, okay, look into the birth control of the pill, but also please consider changing your lifestyle, right? And supporting your health in those ways and see what could happen, right? And I, I said, don't take my word for it, right? I could say all these things could happen, but is it worth it to at least give it a try for, you know, one to three months, right? That's a relatively short period of time. You know, you're having these period problems, right? Because there will be side effects of hormonal birth control too. So are you open to trying something new and seeing how it feels in your body? What's going through my mind is this paradigm shift of how can we look at our periods and our menstrual cycles in a way as a tool to tell us what's going on in our lives. That's how I'm hearing it. And I think it's interesting that there's a person I know, she's actually a gynecologist, Dr. Fatu Forna, who will also be on one of the episodes of the Puberty Prof podcast. She talks about having puberty parties to celebrate that these things happen in which when a person goes into womanhood or manhood, that to have these these celebrations, because it seems like a lot of cultures used to do this, but we've lost that. 
We've lost like, oh, you just continue with your life. We're so busy instead of pausing and saying, yes, this is another stage of life. Yeah, I love that idea. I love. I think it should be celebrated. Maybe you're thinking, well, I don't want to, you know, have a cake and throw a party, but hey, go for it. There's will be less stigma, right? There is stigma around menstrual cycles and periods. For so long, we didn't talk about it, right? I know for me, I mean, I'm 41. My mom didn't talk about it with me. I grew up with three brothers, so we weren't talking about this stuff. Was I super curious? Yes, I was. So I did find my way to some books and that sort of thing. And, you know, I've kind of made it part of my life's work here. Um, So I feel really passionately about it. But imagine the difference it would make if we talked about it instead of, well, what do we do? We hide it. Oh, we're, you know, we're going to the bathroom and we're hiding our pads. We're hiding the tampons, right? We don't want people to see it. I remember when I got first got my period, I remember going into the bathroom in middle school and I was with one of my best friends all throughout my, from kindergarten on. And I came out, you know, cause there was no garbage can inside the stall. So I had to wrap it and bring it out and throw it in the garbage. And she wasn't paying attention to me, but I threw it in the garbage, giant garbage can. And I had to say, Oh, that is, that wasn't mine. Like what? Like <laughs> that's crazy when you think about it. Right. I will say, I was just sharing the story about my, my cousin and her daughter who recently got her period. And I, I sent her a first period kit from Lola, which is a company that I love. There's a lot of great companies now who are making organic, sustainable materials. And they, they, have, they also give back to other women for every package you buy. They donate to a woman in need, which is beautiful. So long story short, with that, I connected with my cousin. I was like, hey, did you know, your daughter, did she get her period yet? Not yet. Okay. So I sent her this, the first period kit. And lo and behold, the day that arrived is the day that she got her period. So, which happened to be on Christmas Eve, which was amazing. You know, I just love the timing of that. And I went, I stopped there to go drop some Christmas gifts off to my cousin. Her, her ex-husband was there and she has a son as well. And they were all talking about it. So like, her daughter got her period and her father was there, her, her older brother. And, you know, they were talking about the fact that, you know, she got her period and it wasn't like they were hiding it. It was like, okay, this happened. I just like my heart swelled. Like I felt so happy that they're talking about it. It wasn't, she didn't have to like hide in shame. And if there's something uncomfortable or whatever's going on, she'll talk about it. Yes. Have a period party, right? Celebrate the fact that your body is doing these amazing things and providing feedback for you. I mean, use it as a tool. I know we're talking about women's bodies now, but you know, I don't want, I don't want the boys to feel left out. Even though you don't have a menstrual cycle, you also have a cycle and boys have a daily cycle. So I talk about the energy levels at different times of the menstrual cycle. You may feel more energetic or less energetic depending on the phase. Again, it's about 28 days. Boys have a, a daily cycle. So you also can tune into the signs of your body your energy levels and do your best to honor it. Excellent. Thank you. Do you have any other thoughts or recommendations for parents and caregivers or children regarding this topic? Other, well, other resources, there are some great books available, which I think would not be so much for a young person, but if this information is new to you, that I would suggest Nicole Jardim's book called Fix Your Period. Another book is The Period Repair Manual by Lara Bryden. She's a naturopathic doctor. So those are two recent books. And one more by Lisa 
Hendrickson Jack. She wrote a book recently called The Fifth Vital Sign. So these are amazing resources for young women. I wouldn't say it's for like an 11 or 12 year old necessarily. They're a little bit more detailed, but if you are a, you know, a young mother or someone who's not gone through menopause yet, and you know, it could help you, right? You can learn right along with your, your daughter. And like I said, be, be a model for, for healthy lifestyle behaviors. So those are great resources. And of course, maybe I'll speak about this on another podcast, but I mentioned Lola products, you know, there's, when you have your period to collect the menstrual flow, a person can use pads, tampons. Those are traditionally what's used, but now we have cups. There are reusable pads. There are underwear that has built-in pads. The other companies like Lola, I mentioned Lola. Cora is another one that I believe they sell in Target now. I would recommend menstrual products that are made with organic cotton. Right? You want to be careful about what your products are made from because there's a lot of synthetic fibers in tampons and pads, and that is very close to either your vulva or directly in your vagina, which is has mucous membranes, which absorbs everything. We just want to be mindful about the materials that we use uh, when we're taking care of those parts of our body. How can somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to talk further about this topic with you? They can reach me at Jen, J-E-N, at allforwellness.com. That's my email. All is my last name, A-U-L-L-F-O-R-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, all for wellness. Allforwellness.com is my website. So you can check out this information there. And I'd love to have more conversations, deeper conversations about this and helping to support you support your young, the young women in your lives. And I'll make sure to put your website information in with the description of this episode for the podcast. I thank you so much for being here today, Jen. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. It was great being here. I'm so happy that you invited me on to talk about this topic. If you couldn't tell, I really am passionate about it. It was great to be here and share this information. I feel like that's reaching more people. I love it. And if you'd like to send me some questions regarding this topic or anything else, please go to pubertyprof.com. There's some comment boxes there too. And just a reminder for those of you that want to have a conversation with young people about menstrual cycles or any of the topics pertaining to puberty and growing up, I have the Talk Puberty app. It actually helps guide the conversation and there's five different sections to go over common things that happen to children. So feel free to check that out. Jen, thank you again for being here. And for our listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow The Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by The Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. 
Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.